Welcome to the Pursue of Bliss podcast. My name is Kristen. I'm a self-professed health, spirituality, and mindset junkie. You know that blissful happiness you feel when you're just at peace with yourself, living fully in the present moment? That's the feeling I believe we are all in the pursuit of. And I want to help you get one step closer by up-leveling your health, mindset, and love for yourself. Because that lasting and blissful happiness can only be found and created within. So get ready for all things mindset, holistic health, and spirituality. I hope this serves you. Welcome to the podcast and thanks so much for being here. I am so excited to have you back. I think you're my only consistent repeat guest. <laughs> Third time. Yeah. Third time Third time's a charm. I don't know if I've even had anyone more than once. So yeah. I'm honored. Happy to have you here. Yeah. So maybe for anyone who didn't listen to your first two episodes and if you didn't, you should go back and listen to them. But for anyone who didn't, do you want to give us a brief overview on who you are and what you do? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm the genie. I help grant people's wishes. And uh, prior to that, in my past life, I was a professional athlete, played in the NFL for a very short period of time. And I worked with people that had different autoimmune conditions and digestive disorders for a lifetime after that. And uh, for about the last four years, I had a memory come up on my Facebook. Four years ago, I got into my, my genie work where I'm really diving in and helping people fulfill desires of their heart and bring them into reality. And uh, I travel the world and like to try a lot of new different things. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> I'm excited to have you. And you've helped me with bringing a lot of my the desires of my heart to, to life. For anyone who doesn't know, Kian was, has been a personal coach for me in multiple time periods in my life and has been insanely helpful which is why I keep having you back on the podcast because I want everyone to experience you and all of your wisdom and I know this episode is going to be a little bit different than our last two we're going to shift the focus and this is a focus that's actually been very present recently (laughs) as my audience knows and what I've been sharing what everyone's been asking on so I want to talk a lot about feminine masculine dynamics and dating and men and women and how we interact and all the fun juicy stuff So first, I guess, if you want to share like how you got into learning and gaining all the wisdom you have around this topic. Yeah. So this topic runs the world, right? The majority of things that people do is in some sense for a partner. Uh, And so I figured, well, if this, this is one of the most important topics in the world, why would I not try to become a master in understanding these dynamics? So that happened about a year ago. And when I was making a decision to decide if I wanted to jump in with just working with women or men and women still jumping into 2022, this was probably one of the the primary things that was present for me in the decision that I made to go all in on working just with women in 2022 was to be able to understand this feminine dynamic of how a woman best responds to be able to create transformation inside of herself and to be the person that she really wants to be. So I spent a lot of time working with a lot of girls this year and understanding that dynamic more and have just been diving in headfirst into it. But it's the most important dynamic that will ever exist. And through this, I also learned that in all dynamics, whether that's just a friendship or with family or whatever it might be, there is a masculine feminine frame 
that happens. And if you can understand this frame and understand the flow of it, you can use it to better yourself and better the people around you. Amazing. And I guess if we would just want to dive right into the juicy bits, what have you found is the biggest misconception when it comes to dating or understanding men and women on both sides, like from men looking at women and women looking at men? Oh, wow. Uh, well, the biggest thing is that we, we look at the opposite sex as we would normally function and operate. So if I'm a guy, I try to understand women through my perspective of how I function and operate. And a lot of women do the same thing and vice versa, which creates a lot of confusion for everybody. So that's probably the biggest thing is as men, we try to understand women through our own understanding of ourselves and when women do the same, which that's where controversy and issues come from is, is that beginning point. Yeah. And I think that's where I was most of all of my adult life <laughs> until like the past six months when I really started to dive into this content as well, which kind of happened by accident. I just was kind of led into it. But I think you probably remember something that Kian helped me with was in the past few years, I was really, I mean, I still am really driven, but I had this like deep internal belief of I'm only worthy and lovable if I'm constantly achieving and succeeding at something and hitting new goals. And I had this like deep seated belief that men would love me more if I achieved more, if I did more, if I proved I was worthy and, you know, come to find that that was actually not working in my favor at all. It was the opposite. And I know that you've worked with a lot of women who kind of were in the same mindset as me early on in my business. And I'm wondering if you feel like that is something that can kind of get in the way of dating and women trying to find like the kind of masculine man that a lot of women in this space are looking for. Yeah. Well, the big thing that stuck out to me, Kristen, that you said was that you thought it was going to get you a certain level of love acceptance from a man, but you found out that it was the opposite. I think that's really, really important to dive into and maybe give some context into as well. So there is, you know, a good amount of women that are achieving at very, very high levels, unconsciously or consciously, whether they know it or not, are looking for that level of approval in some way, whether that's a dad's approval or, or a male figure's approval, that's there. And so we're living in a society that also at the same time, very much pushes that way of operating, which is if men can do it, women can do it too. And because men can, women should. And unfortunately, or fortunately, however you want to look at it, we'll just look at it as pure biology. Your value in the sexual dating marketplace is not directly correlated with the value that you provide to the world. And actually it can be inverse in that way. So if you are a high achieving woman and you do believe that your value in the sexual marketplace goes up because you're a higher achiever and you're making more money and you're having more success, that's not necessarily true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think uh, a big part of this, and especially for me, and it was probably a lot of it highly unconscious is that belief that gets kind of conditioned into your brain for a lot of women from really, really young age. I have to prove that I I'm just as good and can do just as many things as he can so that he respects me. And I was thinking back actually today to when I was in like second grade, we had recitals every year. And the song that we sang was that song of anything you can do, I can do better. And it was the girls singing to the guys. And just this idea in our heads of I need to prove that whatever you can do, I can do too. And not to say that achieving and success is a bad thing. I'm so grateful for it. But my mindset unconsciously around it was this, I need to prove that I'm of equal value so that I'm respected. 
and come to find that's not how we actually gain respect. And right. Um, well, right there, you said in your mind, right? You said equal value, mm -hmm. right? So I can see how that would be the case, but the difference between a man and a woman is that the value that we bring to the opposite sex is different, right? So in your mind, it makes sense, right? If, if a man's doing this thing, that means I can do the same thing. And if I prove that I can do the same thing as him, that will mean my value is equivalent, right? But men and women get value in different ways in the sexual marketplace, right? Mm -hmm. which, which is one of the biggest things to begin to understand in this dynamic, right? Yeah. And so what are the different ways that we bring value? Like what are, what are the, the dynamics of the differences? Well, I think we could start with diving into why the value is not the same. Hmm. And starting with men in the value that they would desire from a dynamic. And I see this a lot. I see guys that will give approval to a woman that is competing in that way. And that's pushing really hard because the guy's like, oh, cool. She's working hard. She's trying to make things happen. The competitiveness is kind of fun at first, right? It's almost like a little bit playful. It's like, oh, that's cool. She's doing this and she's pushing hard. But then eventually that drive and ambition to compete against the man gets annoying and starts to chip down at the guy, right? Because so one, when it starts with something that's, oh, that's cool. She's driven. It doesn't necessarily turn off and it doesn't turn off. Uh, it's, it's hard to go off and on in that for, for a woman. And so eventually it becomes two men in the dynamic. And if it is a guy that is masculine in his frame, pursuing what he wants, he'll eventually leave that space because he'll get exhausted or he'll succumb to that frame and fall into some stagnancy and allow her to rise up into that masculine position, which will then mess with the polarity, the sexual polarity in the dynamic where the woman will become uh, unpleased because she's then the, the masculine in the dynamic and unfortunately for, for most polarity sexually, that doesn't lead to a very happy woman mm. when she sees her man as being less. So one or two things happen. The guy either leaves the circumstance because he's like, yo, I, I don't, I don't want to be with another man. Uh, or the woman ends up leaving and the guy falls into that feminine frame because she's no longer satisfied. Uh, and I have a great example for that too, if you'd like me to share. I'd love you to share it. Yeah. So uh, I just got done watching the documentary uh, Ivana uh, on Ivana Trump, uh, Donald Trump's ex-wife. And I, I, he was interviewed in it because he ended up cheating on her with another woman and then Melania, which is his wife now. And he talked about what happened in that frame and why he ended up leaving and cheating on her. Now, I'm not justifying his behavior in any way, but just to give some context into understanding these frames and how the male and female mind work. Right, so I'm not condoning his behavior. I'm just telling you what happened and why that shift changed, causing him to shift his perception. Right. So starting off, she was a, a beautiful model, very powerful woman, very intelligent, and it was a great dynamic between the two. They fell in love quick. I think they got married within like a year of of meeting each other. And then as time went on, she really wanted to be part of the business and moving him to the top of whatever he was doing which was great and fine until she began to take on a lot of responsibility in the course of the company. So they ended up having three kids and she started taking on some very major roles in the course of the company that on record Trump talks about, he goes, well, what happened was the biggest regret I have is putting her into these major positions in the company because then it turned into her being another associate or man in the dynamic 
and he wasn't feeling any kind of feminine essence from her, which then led him to be turned off and, and not wanting to be part of that dynamic anymore. So he put her in that position and he is at fault for that, but it really messed the polarity. And he got to a point where he's like, I'm no longer attracted to this woman because she's now another man in this dynamic, right? So once again, I'm not condoning his behavior, uh, but that's sort of to give some, some understanding into, into that dynamic of what it looks like for a guy that's really pursuing excellence at the highest level. Now, I'm not mm-hmm. saying Trump is the, the pinnacle of a high-value man, <laughs> right? Just, just so we can understand some of the dynamic. Right, just an example. Okay, so correct me if I'm wrong. What you're saying is that for a man who is operating you know, mostly from his masculine or his masculine core, when there's a woman who is operating maybe in her business or in her career, mostly from her masculine core as well, that takes away from the polarity and can create problems in the relationship. Definitely. And now I'm not saying that's the case for all relationships across the board, but but for the majority that live in the centerpiece, certainly. Because I I think it's harder than most people think in being able to shift and go back and forth in in the frame, especially if you're pursuing really, really hard as, as a woman. But what I've also found is that what girls will say is they'll say, okay, well, if a guy can't handle me, then he doesn't deserve me. And I'll get a guy that, that can handle me and does want to be with me. Like some of the women that are having lots and lots and lots of success. So they're really looking for that alpha, alpha uh, masculine man. But what happens is, and I've seen this over and over again, which is why some girls that date very, very alpha masculine men that, that achieve at really high levels are still single and always get out of those relationships is because a lot of those guys, they're not looking for a long-term relationship. They're so committed to their career and what they want at the highest level, that they're not willing to sacrifice anything because they're going so far at it. Mm-hmm. So a lot of these guys that you'll attract as a very alpha female are men that aren't looking for commitment, right? So they'll, they'll be able to be that alpha man that you want and desire, but they're so alpha to, to, to have to like hold you down that they're not prob. A lot of them aren't going to want to have children. And some girls try to get in those dynamics and try to change them, but, but they don't. So if you're a woman that desires to have children and to have a family, that mindset isn't very healthy and has led to a lot of women continually being single at later and later ages that actually don't desire. Mm. And so I'm curious your perspective on, do you believe that the problem is the success or where the woman is operating from as she is creating the success for herself. Like essentially what I'm saying, is there a way for a woman to be in her feminine essence and still be creating success, financial success for herself and also attract a masculine man who is inspired to protect her and provide for her, et cetera? Yes, I I do think it's possible. It takes a very grounded, I think, intentional woman to, to really step into that. But I do believe it's possible. Now, going in and saying I'm going to conquer the world and build a massive empire. I don't know if that's possible. I've just found the majority of circumstances of women that I've worked with uh, that have been in that frame, they are not operating primarily from, from their mm-hmm. feminine root. Yeah. Uh, so, but, but inherently building something big, I, I, I don't know if it's possible to fully pr- operate in that, in that feminine space and be able to show up in the way that you'd like to in the intimate setting with your partner while you're building a, a massive, massive empire. Yeah. I mean, so I think the conversation, very few. yeah, I, I think you're right. And I think the conversation, honestly, the most important part is less, 
is it possible to build a massive empire and attract the kind of man you want? And the conversation is more, what essence are you operating from? Where, where are your desires coming from? Because like when I look at my journey the past two years, I used to want an empire. I used to think I wanted a multi-million dollar business and have hundreds of employees and all of these things. And it's not like I ever decided one day I didn't want that. But as I began to do a lot of really deep, 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 deep healing work on myself and like really returning my feminine essence and opening my heart, my desires naturally shifted. It wasn't like one day I just thought, I don't want this because I'm not going to be able to attract the man that I want. That was never a thought in my mind. It was a natural healing process. And as I returned to what I believed to be my feminine essence, my priorities shifted, my values shifted, my business shifted, everything shifted. And I just naturally softened. And so I think yeah. that honestly, a lot of women, not to say that there aren't some women who do genuinely desire empires, but a lot of women are probably operating from the place I was operating from unconsciously without even knowing it. And it's, in my opinion, not a genuine desire for a lot of people. Mm. There it is, not necessarily a genuine desire. So when you peel back some of the layers, some of the layers and the layers, you find that that really isn't the genuine desire for what someone wants. Uh, and so it's also, it's, it's kind of cool because we live in a world that's a creator economy and women can naturally operate more in their feminine essence in that and have more success. Like if you're like models, actressing, even coaching, you, it's much different than being a lawyer or being an executive. Mm -hmm right? You can set your own schedule. It can be a little more free and flowy in how you operate and function. And so I think it is really powerful if, if you are a woman that desires some level of power, choosing your industry wisely in regard to how much you can express yourself in that, that feminine space compared to not. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think you're right. Because I, I mean, where I am, I'm still in the same industry I was in before. I'm doing coaching, but the way I've around my business is so different than it was before, right? I've moved almost completely into my feminine and my business and I'm still attracting success, but there's no more force. There's no more hustling. There's no more efforting. There's more being, there's more of me just being. And I think, yeah, there's a lot of industries where it's really close to impossible to actually return to your feminine essence, because I think a lot of jobs were created for men right? And they literally simply do not work for people who operate from their feminine. And so it pushes a lot of women into their masculine. And that creates problems when a woman says, I want a really masculine man who can provide for me. Because then they're in this job that pushes them into this masculine dynamic. And it's close to impossible to attract someone when you're operating in that masculine already, because you don't need it. And that was a big thing. I remember like talking to some men when I was dating a few years ago. And little I remember a guy literally saying to me like Kristen you already have everything together like you don't need you don't need me like you don't need someone um, and it was almost like it was like pushing repelling men away from me in, in, in a way the way that I was operating and the way that I was energetically feeling about it and it's so interesting because now in my business the way that I'm operating now operating now is so different and I look at the men in my life and the way they show up for me not not romantic men just men in my life the way they show up for me is so different I can't even put it into words it's like they're constantly providing for me wanting to make sure I'm safe supporting me like it's it's unbelievable the relationship that I have with the men in my life now without even trying I haven't I'm not acting different. It's just the essence of how I'm operating in my reality has shifted so, so I, and show up for me. I want to ask you, how, how do you feel you have, so your behavior towards them and that dynamic, how do you feel that that has shifted compared to how you're feeling now compared to what you were? So it's, 
I think it's all really unconscious. Like looking back at the way that I thought about men and treated men, there really was this underlying, like, I don't need a man. I'm going to prove that I can build my empire. And I, I don't like, yeah, I want one. I'd love to have a partner, but I don't need one. Like I can build my best life ever on my own. And I went on to prove that. That was my main goal for like many years of my life is I'm going to prove that I can create the best life for myself possible on my own. And now I'm more in a mindset of, wait, no, I do. I do need a man. I do need men in my life. I can create a really good life for myself, but the best life I can possibly create, I need to have a man or men surrounding me to support me because I can't do it on my own. And there are things that I can do, but the men in my life can do much better. And when I allow them to support me and I welcome them and I receive them and I appreciate that support, I'm able to do the things that I really deeply desire on like a real soul level. Those things I really desire to do, I can do them with more energy and I can do them better because I have the support of men in my life. And I think it's been kind of this unconscious shift of just kind of opening up to receiving. Whereas before my energy was repelling, it was more like, nope, I don't need it. I don't need it. And I'm going to prove to you that I don't need it. It was like this competition. (laughs) So it's just, it's so different. Okay. So, so you discovered that, Hey, I can do this on my own, but I I actually don't want to because it doesn't feel that great to me. Yeah. Actually, it feels a little bit, a lot, very shitty to try to do everything on my own. And I think back then I was gaining so much, such a like endorphin rush and such a high from achieving and doing all these things on my own because I just like running program of all my you know conditions and traumas and programs deep down that was like okay when you achieve you're more lovable you're more worthy and so I was getting that high every time of yes like now I'm going to receive love or like now you know someone's going to be proud of me and that was such a big thing that I was unable to really access anything else or realize how burnt out I was or how unfulfilled I was really because I was like really just living off of that high. And so when I kind of undid that programming slowly over time and that high kind of fell away, I realized, wait, doing all of this is really burning me out. And I hit a point of complete burnout where I had to literally shut down everything in my life for months because I was so burnt out from everything and then restart everything from a completely different energetic state. And so that's kind of like how I shifted into where I am now. So I think people who have a lot of unconscious programs running around achievement and success are unable to even really feel into how burnt out they actually are. Mm -hmm. Mm. And and that's so powerful for you to say that you got it and you made it all the way to that point of, of feeling it and you lived in that space for a while, but then realized that you were living off those endorphins and you were living off that high. And when that came down a little, the clarity of how you're really experiencing yourself emerged Mm -hmm. and what you really wanted and what you really desired. And I think that's very relevant in today's world with so much ability, especially guys can get it too, but but women in particular, getting so much of that approval and acceptance from from each other, but also from men through social media. And this like endorphin high of like, let me keep going, let me keep pushing, let me, but, 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 that they're, they're not even really aware of what they desire deep, deep down, that maybe that high, high level of success they're chasing isn't necessarily what their heart desires. Yeah. And, you know, I do think actually that some people are aware on a deep level of what their actual desire is, but there's a really deep fear of, of going there, of 
actually witnessing that truth because it for a lot of people like for me it meant really burning everything to the ground and starting over it was really scary you know when you realize what you actually deeply desire on a soul level and when that's not in alignment with what your life actually looks like it's it can be terrifying and so I think a lot of people you know I could be wrong but I know for me, like there is something deep down that I always knew there would be points where I would like go even deeper into the hustle and into all of that. And like agreeing to different things in my business that deep down, like my gut knew this wasn't right. But what I said I wanted for my life, like the empire I wanted to build, these different opportunities that showed up in my life, they were aligned with that. And so I was so stuck on, I'm going to manifest this. I'm going to manipulate my reality until this wow. shows up for me. And I could have done it. And I was so stuck on that vision that I was willing to say yes and override my gut, override my intuition in order to make what I wanted happen. And like on the surface, yeah, I was manifesting everything. I got really, really good at it. You did. I manifest anything. I, I still can. <laughs> <You did. laughs> I still can. But now I'm unwilling to ever override my intuition, even when it when it's really, really scary. Not even in the name of manifesting what I want, because I now know that when I let go of that, it allows things that are even better to show up in my life. Like the way I'm living my life right now, I would have never asked for this two years ago, but it is so much better. To me, what, what I hear you saying is just like permission that you're giving to other women to be true to what their deepest sense of desire really wants, right? The world says, hey, you should do this because men can do this and you need to prove and show that you can do it too. But what if you just like separate that for a second said, okay, mm -hmm. okay. I, I hear you world. I, okay. What, what do I really desire? Now I'm not saying we need to go back to a full on traditional wife at home cooking, <laughs> man, out working. Absolutely not. Right. But I think we can come back somewhere into the middle of it of, well, actually one of my primary desires is, I'd love to have a partner that loves me and that I love like crazy and to even have children and to be okay with that. Cause I feel like there's almost this movement of it's, it's almost kind of in the, in the really uh, pushing uh, thriving, striving first development space is almost like this. If you talk about that, like, Hey, I actually want a family. It's almost like, nah, girl, fuck that. And it's, it's like, Oh no, it, that guy didn't work. Fuck that guy. He get somebody better. And it's actually toxic because I'm finding men and women, both. We're talking about women in this conversation, right? So I'm sure there's going to be some women. They're like, oh, what about men? What about men? I can go in on men. And maybe I, we, I come back and we, I go in on men as well <laughs> uh, in, in this dynamic, right? So but we're just talking about women in this case, but normalizing it for that desire that, that many, many women have deep down to actually want a guy that loves and cares about them and, and to have kids, Right. Because not everybody wants to truly shoot for the stars in that regard. And I actually think there's a there's a smaller fraction than, than what is shown through social media that really desires to say, screw guys, let me just go get success. Yeah. And I think, you know, on top of that, because I think a lot of women I know, I have a deep, deep, deep desire for children and not every woman has that, but I do. And I think also the part of that fear of what if it never happens? What if I never find the partner? What if I never mm. have the children? Well, if I have the success, at least that's that's gonna help me with the pain because I can lean on the success and I can be happy that I have all of this money because when the children don't come, when the partner doesn't come, I need to have something because if I'm, you know, if I don't have the success, then, then what? I'm just dealing with the pain of not having that. So I think that's a big piece of it. I know for me it is. And I think another piece when you were talking and you were saying, you know, 
kind of how we're taught like from the world like fuck men I can do it on my own and all of this and it's like we're not just taught that from the world it's like what we're seeing every single day on social media it's not just like oh the men are doing this I can do it too and blah 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 it's like well everyone's doing this look at social media every other Instagram influencer is showing off all of their flashy things and the millions of dollars they're making and the way they're traveling the world and it's creating this like ideal of I'm not good enough if I'm not also manifesting all of that right like it's not just what if I don't have the kids I need to have this success or you know fuck men I can do this too I can prove that I'm that valuable also there's also this piece of weight all of these other women are doing it I need to prove that I'm as good as them too. I can make it happen for myself. And also that life looks really amazing. Makes my life feel really shitty. I want that. So there's like all of these, all of these different dynamics that go into selling this lifestyle. And there's nothing wrong with the lifestyle, but the way that a lot of people are getting there is just kind of tearing them apart on the inside and leading to all, leading to all of this burnout. And the people who aren't, are trying that lifestyle isn't happening for them. I see all the time people come to me and they're like, I want to manifest this and it's not working. Why is it not working? And then they feel, they feel like, they feel like shit. They feel insecure. They feel horrible about themselves uh, when really they're trying to operate in a way that is not meant to work for their essence naturally. Um, and when that doesn't work, they're hard on themselves because they see examples of everyone else doing it. So it's just such a, it's such an interesting dynamic because there's so much that goes into it and there's so much to detangle from in order to like really return for a woman to really return to their essence and really learn to trust and listen to themselves again and what they really deeply desire. Mm. Yes. And, and what I heard <laughs> from you, uh, it, it just like, that's so true. There are the things that we spoke about, but then just in general society is just not set up that's conducive to allowing women to truly get in touch with that deeper sense of what they want because of things like what you just said. Mm -hmm. More people could be and should be maybe flashing a more, um, you know, not necessarily conservative, but family dynamic, you know, that, that I think there is sort of a, a movement that's, that's happening moving towards that. But you're right. Everything isn't necessarily set up to support women being able to get in touch with that deeper sense of, of what they do desire. Yeah. And I do think that there is a movement. I would somewhat of an edgy movement, like a little bit controversial. A lot of what we're talking about was a little bit edgy and controversial as well, but there is a movement out there. And, you know, I'm really happy that there is this movement because, you know, I'm the reason I share all of this and I love speaking on this. And I, I would do a lot of this work with my clients I don't always share a lot of this on the podcast, but I do a lot of this work with my clients and I have so many people come to me. I can't even tell you how many come to me and they think that they want, they come to me for business, right? They think that they want to manifest six figures or multiple six figures or all of these things in their business. And then what really happens is we go deeper, we go deeper, we go deeper, we crack their hearts open and we end up working on love and we end up working on relationships and we end up going deeper. And I have a lot of women who realize that they don't even want the business or that they want something different or they want a different kind of business. Mm -hmm. And it happens every single time. And what I think it is of us are taught to believe that it's silly to admit that love is the most important thing in our lives. And it's what we deeply crave more than anything, right? It's almost like it, it seems like, no, I, I, sh I should, 
I should be putting my career first. I should be putting my business first. I should be putting X, Y, Z first. And I see it over and over and over. And I think it's important for women to be able to actually like claim and stand in their truth and not be embarrassed to say that like love is the number one thing that I desire because I think until women are able to actually claim that it's going to be difficult to actually attract that. Wow. This is, this is powerful. This information that you're sharing, like for you to, for you, for you to sit here and share this information, like this is so powerful. There's not, there's not people talking about it at this level to this extent like you are. And you're such an incredible example because you've, gone through it you've made the 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 big big bucks operating in that space right you're not just a proponent of it not ever going through it yourself but you have so that's such a incredible perspective that you have and very powerful and it is a little edgy but you know nothing wrong with that yeah and I mean it's not to say that every single woman has to believe what I believe and you have to claim that love is the number one thing you desire I'm not saying this to convince anyone or to I, you know, anyone listening, I'm not telling you to change your values or your views or your desires, but this is my like lived experience realizing that after, like you said, I did the things I had the six figure months. Like I did all of the things I manifested all the things, everything on my vision board, like the fancy cars and the luxury travel and all the money in the world, all the things I've had it. And that stuff was exciting. And I still love money and I still love to attract money and travel and all the things. But I've realized now that there is nothing, nothing that fulfills me more than, than love. And right now I don't have romantic love in my life, but the, the way I'm, the love that I'm receiving from the men in my life and the way that that's shifting and even the women, like the way that my relationships have shifted since I've like really like gone head first into this work, it's been unreal. And it's more fulfilling than anything else in my life ever has been. And honestly, ever since I've kind of began to live my life this way and like the love in my life has shifted, it's like, I don't, ha- I never think about money anymore. I never even think about trying to make more or like a financial goal. I never have financial goals anymore because I just like, I'm so filled up by the love in my life that there's not even space for me to feel to think about other things or like, you know, before it was like this constant desperation to hit a new money goal or to like manifest a new financial goal. And it's, my mind doesn't even go there because I'm so fulfilled in my relationships. I really like, I want that for everyone. <laughs> yes. It, it's beautiful. So, so my question to you, Kristen is what should a, how should a woman go about this? If she's in the beginning phase, right? If you could go back and talk to your younger self that was just getting into all of this, right? Just getting into making money and success and like building uh, your idea of what you really want for yourself. What would you say to that girl? Well, okay. There's two ways I can go with this because honestly, I wouldn't say anything to her right now because she had to go through all of that because I had to live all of that so I can help women with what I'm helping women with now. I had to experience it. I had to be the guinea pig, but on the other hand, if I wanted her to like kind of skip to where I am now and skip all the years in between, I would tell her to slow down and just be with the pain. Because really what was happening was there was a lot of really deep pain that was operating on an unconscious level that was creating all of this external motivation to, to create more success and to create more things. And um, that that's all I would tell her, slow down and just be with it. You can handle it. Like it's gonna break you, it's gonna break, but it's gonna break you open. 
And when it cracks you open, it's going to make space for everything else, like more love, more fulfillment, more joy, more peace than you can even imagine. But you have to let it crack you open first. And um, that's it, right? Because once you're willing to slow down and be with the pain and witness the pain, like that's deep down, it no longer unconsciously, you know, subconscious. And I couldn't tell the difference between desires that were coming from this place of deep pain. So when you say slow down, what does that look like actionably? So you're like, slow down and be with it. What does that, that mean? Like literally slow down, like stop doing so many things, just be with this moment, like whatever it holds. Like it was this constant, if I look back at even three, four, most of my adult life, it was like this constant doing, 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 trying, efforting, because there was so much pain in my reality of all the things that I was experiencing, whether it was feeling rejected by someone or not feeling like I had enough money or feeling like a failure in my business. There was so much. And in order to avoid feeling the pain of feeling like a failure or not good enough, I would try really, really hard in another way to make it happen. And so it was this constant cycle for years and years and years of me trying, 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 forcing, 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 doing all of the things. And what I would tell myself is like, stop doing in order to avoid pain because the doing is going to work for you and it's going to attract more to you with ease when you're doing it from an aligned centered place of inspiration rather than from an unconscious place of I need to do so that I can avoid this pain right if I just do the next thing and achieve that thing I'll feel less like a failure for that last thing I'm feeling pain about and so that's what I mean is like can we slow down in the moments when we're not feeling good enough or when we're feeling that pain instead of letting that pain fuel us to the next thing can we instead just like be with it and witness it and create space for it to actually be experienced so that on the other side of that pain, we can actually tune into our inspiration and act from that place. That's powerful. Incredibly powerful. And that, 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 that requires you to be able to take a step back from all of this external that's telling you that you should want this to be able to have the space to step into the pain. How, how, do, how do you step back from all of that incoming stuff at you so you have the capacity to, to be with the pain? What do you do? Because that's obviously incredibly important. I think that's probably where most you know, women that might be listening to this might be tripped up because it's like everything's right in front of them at all times telling them what they think they should want. So how do they get away from some of that? to be able to understand that, whoa, I just have some, some hurt there that I need to be with and address. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think practically it's like literally, especially on social media, unfollowing every single account that makes you feel like you're not good enough because you're not, you're not manifesting those things or attracting those things. Like I went through and I unfollowed every single account that I thought before it was like, oh, this isn't an expander for me. Like I need to see her every day so I can believe that I can do it. No, I unfollowed all of those. I unfollowed every single business coach or business account that was like posting about, you know, hitting higher numbers every single month. And not to say that I, I don't appreciate their work. And a lot of them brought a lot of value to the table. And I really, really respect a lot of those women. Uh, but for me, for me to be able to tune into myself, I needed to tune out everything else. And so I unfollowed all of them. I don't, I honestly, like still to this day, I don't listen to podcasts. Like I have a podcast, but I don't listen to anyone else's. Um, I don't read a lot of Instagram content other than like people who I actually know. And I filled up my space 
with people who are living life the way that I actually desire. So when I looked at who I was following, what spaces I was in, what containers I was in, et cetera, I started to really feel into, wait, do I want their lifestyle or do I want the way they created their lifestyle? Right. Because there were a lot of people I was following were like, yeah, I wanted that life, but I wasn't looking at the way they created that life. And so now I'm only filling up my space and I'm only letting people in my personal space who are creating from the place of integrity that I want to create from and who are living in a way that I want to live. So I'm no longer looking at the results people have in their lives. I'm looking at the way they're actually living right now in the present moment and feeling into that energy. And those are the people that I am now, you know, filling up my space. And that's a big thing for me because if I need to give myself permission to slow down, that's hard enough. Like it's really hard to work through your own conditioning and programs that tell you to keep going. And when you have your space constantly filled with people who are also making you feel like you need to do that, it's close to impossible to do like the really, really, really challenging thing of slowing down. Like, I think it takes a lot of courage to slow down in a world that tells you you're only worthy if you're speeding up and if you're hustling and if you're achieving. So it's important to have people in your space supporting you who are telling you the opposite and who are showing you it's possible to slow down and still attract what you desire and showing you that you're worthy and lovable exactly as you are. And that might be the biggest thing. You need people in your space who are actively giving you love and showing you with their actions and with their words that you are worthy and you are lovable in the time periods when you're slowing down, in the time periods when you're not achieving, when you're not making money, when you're feeling your most unlovable. Because I think it's easy to say, okay, I'm lovable exactly as I am. I don't need to achieve to be to feel to be worthy. It's easy to say that, but sometimes to really believe it, we need to see it reflected first. And that was huge for me. I needed to have people in my space who showed me that I was lovable and showed me that I was worthy when I didn't feel like it. And that helped me believe in myself enough to allow myself to continue to slow down. So I think those are the two biggest pieces, or at least for wow. me in my life. Yeah, incredible. So so recapping it basically cutting off the people that make you feel on social media, that make you feel inadequate because you're not living the lifestyle they're living. Mm -hmm. And then putting that energy that you were putting into consuming their information into other people that actually show you and demonstrate that love and support at all times. Yeah, a hundred percent. It's so necessary. Like, I think it's, it's really hard to do without support from the right people or just having the right people around you in, in your space in general. So, so tra you're trading in basically this, this um, operating system, this, this keys for success, you're trading in the way of making you feel like crap until you do something compared <laughs> to, right. Compared to building you up and then allowing that inspiration inside of the buildup to create action. Yes. Right, you're like, trading in one for the other. Yes, you one, need one to create your own. Yeah, you need to create your own worldview. Like your worldview is your job. What are you listening to? What are you watching on TV? What whose Instagram reels are you scrolling through? Like that is your job, and that is what's programming your mind. And I mean, and I always tell people this, and I think I've said it on the podcast before. And it's like before you hire any coach feel into their energy. Stop just looking at what they're posting on Instagram and what their results are and what their client testimonials are. Like slow down, slow down. I keep saying this, slow down and just be and like actually feel into their energy because there is such an influx of coaches and people out there in the world who are telling you what and how, like what to achieve and how to do it and how to make it happen and showing off all of these results. And I don't doubt that many of them can help you create everything you want. 
But what's more important is like, how are they going to help you create what they want? What, what, what essence, what energetic state are they operating from? And that can only really be felt if you slow down. So I guess the key to everything here is just slow down, slow down, and then slow down some more. (laughs) Beautiful. Absolutely. And, And also adding the relational element to building and growing relationships with people that are on a similar path to you and being in contact a lot. Like I, I could say personally for, for myself, adding a little, little nugget in is me looking at other people achieving really big, big things doesn't really get me going. I just, am like, okay, cool. But what does is being in contact with the people that are close to me that I know are on the same path as me, having conversations of us, just like pushing each other and being there to support each other in uh, whatever we're wanting to do as far as daily inspiration in that moment. I I talk to a good friend at least once a day and we just go in on just that love that you're talking about of dude, like, what do you want to do? Oh, you want to do that? Hey, do it. You got it. And so my focus goes away from filling up my time with looking at people that are doing what I want to do and more about making that relational attempt to connect where mm. we're sharing that love that you talked about yeah. and that, that, that inspires me. And I don't know, for me personally, money in and of itself doesn't inspire me doing really cool, fun things with people I love and care about do. And for me, I like to make that the, the priority in interacting with them on a daily basis. Those people I want to do really fun, cool stuff with and inspiring each other in that way to keep just pushing and going. So making it less about the social media inspiration and more about my immediate environment and my close friends that I'm interacting with. Yeah. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I got chills when you said that because yeah, that completely resonates with me and that I feel like that's my priority as well. And when you said that, when you see people with massive success, it doesn't really like light a fire in you anymore. I feel the same way. Like when I look at those accounts or I see it pop up, like it doesn't, it doesn't catch my attention the same way it used to. And I think it's because my definition of success has shifted. It's what I think of as creating success in my life is no longer defined by money or even any physical things that I'm manifesting. It's more defined by really how I'm reacting and responding when things in my life aren't going my way and how much love and support I have in my life, how fulfilled I am in my relationships. Like those are the two biggest things. Like how am I reacting internally when chaos ensues in my life and things aren't going my way? Am I still able to access this space within me of like deep calm, like this inner peace, this trust, this faith, even when things are just feel like it's a mess around me? And the other thing is, okay, like how much love do I have in my life? How connected really, like actually, actually deeply connected do I feel to people around me? And how much support do I feel that I have by people around me in my life? And those two things, like if I have those two things, I feel like the most successful person in the world and the money, the other things I can manifest, like, great. That's like the, the cherry on top. And I do believe, and it has become true for me that those things are naturally attracted or magnetized to me when I'm focused on the other things, when I'm really embodied in those other two parts of my life. And I've seen this to be true over and over. And I've seen it to be true for my clients as well. It's like, there's another way of manifesting and attracting that isn't going to burn you out or force you out of your essence or make you feel not good enough or make you feel anxious when you're not achieving, but you have to be brave enough (laughs) to go there to slow down. (laughs) 
brave enough to slow down. Mm-hmm. It's so true. And yeah. I tell you what, it's hard to be brave and to slow down when you're constantly consuming content from people that are constantly always doing and living that lifestyle that you really want to live. It's hard to slow down. It's hard yeah. to slow down. I, even for me, like I consider myself a very disciplined person in the things that I've been able to do with my life. But when I'm consuming that content, it almost pisses me off because I see it shift my frame of mind to not me. And I, I notice it shifting. I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> what, what is that? Like, okay, let me clear that out of there for a second. All right, I'm back. But when I'm always consuming it, I don't care who you are, what you consume shifts yeah. you and change you. Like I yeah. said, I, I consider myself a very disciplined person, but when I'm consuming that content all the time, it skews my ability to be in tune with it's impossible. myself and my higher sense of desire. Yeah, it's impossible. I actually found myself, I've been, sometimes I do aimless, like obviously we're human. I do still aimlessly find myself scrolling through reels sometimes. And I was scrolling through all of these reels, like with the, you know, the the magical music behind it with all these like different images of like girls frolicking in Italy and all these like, you know, eating pasta. And like, I was like, hmm, maybe I should like, maybe I, I, I should be traveling Europe right now. What am I doing just sitting in my house? Like I should be traveling Europe. I started thinking about doing a trip to Europe and like planning all these things for a few months. And I started to get really stressed and anxious and I didn't know why. It's like, what's going on? It would be really fun to do a few months in Europe. Why do I feel so anxious about this? And when I slowed down, the clarity that came forward was like, Kristen, you don't even deeply desire to go to Europe right now. Like Europe will be there. Right now you are so happy just being like, the happiest I could possibly be is when I'm like making dinner with my best friends in my house right here. And I don't have a desire. Like maybe in a week, I will have a genuine desire to go to Europe. But I, that desire was coming from this place of, oh my gosh, everyone else is doing it. They're making it look so good. Maybe I should do it. And in the past, I would have just done it. I would have booked the trip. I would have felt anxious. I wouldn't know why, but I would just go anyway. And it would look really beautiful and flashy when I post it on my Instagram, right? Mm-hmm. But now I'm able to slow down enough to really feel into, wait, what is this anxiety? What's going on? And realize that's not my soul desire. It sounds amazing. But right now my soul isn't actually leading me in that direction, right? My soul is actually really fulfilled right here, right now. Which is the highest place of attraction to allow a trip to Europe to come. Yeah. In a a beautiful, seamless way. Exactly. And it will come, but it's not going to come through reels. (laughs) Yeah. Right. I I just want to reiterate though, like how confusing it can get. Yeah. Like for, for the people that you see that are, that you look up to people like Kristen, people like me, we we still get influenced by those things. And so it's so important for me to take that time where I'm separating, I'm communicating with my, my closest friends, where I'm clearing out all that is not me. So I can get back into the centered place of, okay, this is what, what I desire. So, and like for you, what is, what is the best way that you find or what makes it easiest for you to tap into what your inspiration is and to really trust that? Well, for me, I I have this central idea of what I know I want at the highest level, but all the details in the middle of, of that get a little confusing for me. Um, I, I, I have, what do they say? An open headspace. What, what is that? What is that? I, that people are doing all the time now. It's like a six, one, six, two. Oh, I feel uh, so human bad. Design? Human, human design. design. <laughs> yeah. 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 So for me, like I, 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 you know, in my design, it's what they say that I have, I have an open headspace, but my, my heart space is pretty, uh, 
define. So I know what my heart desires, but then the path of getting them, the process of it, and how I'm choosing to live my life in between there can get a little confusing because it's influenced by the people that I'm with and around. Mm. So what I try to do is when I'm alone, I take the time to tune in what my heart truly desires and then to get clear about that and then to make the content and the people around me fit that desire. So for example, I was living in Brazil and I, when I was living in Brazil alone, I knew I wanted to just be alone. I wasn't interacting with very many people at all, just me. I couldn't speak the language of the people that were there, learned a little bit, but I really just wanted to be alone. I then tuned into understanding the next season that I wanted to be in, which was getting near and right by the people that I want to work with at the highest level and to start dating back in the US. And when I got clear about that, I said, okay, well, what is the environment that supports this heart desire that I have? Well, I thought about some places. I'm like, okay, Los Angeles is like a place that really fits that heart desire that I have. So why would I not go there? Let me go there, right? And so then I, de I deconstruct my reality from understanding my heart desire through getting some space by myself, right? So then from there, I say, okay, well, how can I allow my environment to support this heart desire that I have? So I put people and I put things in my environment in my life to support that heart desire because my open headspace sometimes can kind of go around and around. So it's important for me to, to, to do that, knowing myself and my own vulnerabilities. Hmm. Does that make sense? No, that makes perfect sense. It's so interesting. I don't know a lot about my human design, but I feel like I'm so different in the way that I know everyone has their own way of tapping into their inspiration and their intuition. And for me, it's more of just like, it's like a feeling in my body. Like when I think about different options that pop up, like I'll get different inspirations. And like I said, when I really felt myself in Europe, I felt anxiety in my body and it just felt uncomfortable in my body. And so when I think about, like when I really put myself in a, whatever option it is, I have to really breathe and feel into my body and my body will tell me like, it's either going to feel like closed or it's going to feel open. Mm. But I've also gotten to a place I've done a lot of work to be able to really tune into my body. Uh, but I also do think that, that this is more of like a feminine essence type of intuition. I know that like a lot of women have a lot of luck when they like really tune into their bodies and listen to their body. For me, when I'm like trying to make a decision or inspiration from my mind or trying to logically think about what to do, I get so lost and it's impossible for me. I, I get overwhelmed and I get anxious and then I feel like I'm making the wrong choice and I have to, once again, here it is, I'm going to say it. I need to slow down <laughs> and listen to my body. The answer is always there for me. That's it. And doing what you can to tap into that beautiful place of understanding inside of your body mm -hmm. is uh, where the sauce is really at for, for women. Yeah, for sure. always. And that's just another example of how men and women operate completely differently. And if I were to try to access my inspiration in the exact way that you just described, it probably wouldn't work in the same way for me. I would feel overwhelmed and anxious and confused, right? And if you tried to do it the way I do it, you probably wouldn't get any answers <laughs> because we're different and we operate differently and we function differently. So yeah. Well, and, and, let, and let's just, let's just sit with that for a second too, right? It's okay that we're inherently different, mm -hmm. right? Like that's what makes it so beautiful. There's things that you ladies can do that I cannot wouldn't even dream of being able to do, <laughs> you know, that I just yeah. like, that's why I, I love and appreciate and admire the feminine so much is because you guys can do things that I inherently am not 
good at doing. Yeah. And I think that's the beauty of this dynamic for us and just being so okay with understanding that we have the same in value, but different in what we bring to the table mm. and not making it about us trying to be the same. Why? 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 Yeah. But more just owning the differences that we have and finding appreciation in them for ourselves, but also in our partner and in yeah. the people that we're interacting with of the opposite sex. Mm. We need each other for sure. I do believe that like men and women need each other in different ways and for different reasons. And I do believe that like we were built and designed intelligently and on purpose to really support each other in completely different ways. And kind of like I mentioned before, like we can obviously build amazing lives on our own, but I think that the most fulfilling life is when men and women come together and allow each other to support, allow each other to support each other in the ways that they can already do, but that that other person can do better for them. Mm. I think that is, that's, I think where we're starting to head. Like, I feel like the collective consciousness and there's a lot of movements, we're like slowly moving into this new frame of thinking, which makes me really excited because yeah, this is what we need. And leaning into this understanding has only made my life so much better. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah. And with that said, well, I feel like we went all over the place with this, <laughs> this episode, um, as we always do, but we went right where we were, we talked about what we were meant to, but are there any last words of wisdom or advice or anything that you feel inspired to say or share before we close? I just, as I've understood feminine nature more and more and more and more, the more fascination and appreciation that I find for you women. Like such powerful creatures beyond belief in regard to like the intuition that you have when you tap into your body. It's just, it's so much, it's so beyond the mental. It's so beyond the mental. And I can't, I don't understand it sometimes, but that's the beautiful part is that I'm not meant to understand it but just to appreciate it and hear it and to listen to it. And yeah, I just have so much admiration for, for you and the way you're, you're living your life and just for women in general, as I've understood them more. And I just, it's so important for us as humans to spend time understanding the opposite sex and making an intention of doing that. So I just want to say how much I appreciate you, Kristen, and, and all that you've done for yourself and for uh, your community and the people that have a chance to interact with you and all the people that you're going to continue to interact with. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Key. And I appreciate that so much. That means the world to me. And I know I said we were going to close, but as you were talking, I want like, if you have the time, I have another I question. <laughs> I really wanted to ask you what, what inspires men? Like what, when, what, so I know we talked about what doesn't really inspire men about, you know, women achieving and all these things, like men don't really care. That's not going to inspire them. What does inspire men? Like what qualities in women? Vulnerability in regard to knowing that we're needed and desired is one of the big ones. Mm -hmm. uh, I'd imagine that's one of the things you're doing more as far as your actions changing mm -hmm. is allowing men to support you and even maybe asking more in a, in a more uh, not, oh, can you do this for me? But 
hey, could you please do this for me? Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's one of the most powerful ones. Again, it's going against what everything's moving towards in society too, which it kind of sucks, which is leading to men being emasculated a little bit, yeah. is knowing that we're needed in some way. And I think that's, that's really, really important. And so the more women go into this deeper place of uh, men not being needed, it makes us feel less secure in general, which then we go further and further away from what you want and desire, which is being softer and, and mm -hmm. less uh, able to do and yeah. to help. So that's, that's one of the big ones. Men want to be needed and respected. Women want to be cherished and valued is my yeah. understanding. Yeah, but it's, God, but it's, it's hard in the dating world today. Mm -hmm. God, it's fucking hard in the dating world today. <laughs> it's so hard. <laughs> it's so hard, right? And like, we could talk about these things conceptually, but in the dynamics, each person has their things that can be uh, shifted and changed to be able to support themselves more. And more conversations just need to be had about this stuff. Uh, and less of the, oh, fuck that guy or, oh, fuck that girl, but more accountability on the individual. And because, you know, I, I see girls doing that for each other. I see guys doing that. But there's parts of ourselves that uh, we can change, whether that's accepting more of ourselves and getting more kegs to our body or just changing how we're interacting and going about things. Uh, it can be really, really powerful. So that's one thing I'd like to say too, is that instead of immediately going to telling the person that we're friends with, oh, fuck that person or fuck that guy or fuck that girl, you deserve better, uh, which I see with a lot of good looking mm -hmm. girls, they get told that a lot and then they never actually receive positive feedback so they can uh, change in the way that they need to. It's important to open up dialogue and to to ask each other what happened and then and to, so we can understand where, things might have gone wrong not so they can fix that situation but for for future situations it's important to open these these conversations so it's not black and white in regard to each person but opening up conversation i think can be really powerful and asking questions instead of just immediately jumping into screw that person onto the next mm, yep <laughs> that's powerful and that's the pattern that i used to be in like me and my friends a few years ago i remember even like sometimes people I had friends who would say like, oh, like, fuck him. Like men suck. I hate all men. Like we should never date again. We should never get married. But you know, there's that whole, like, I still know people like that now. It's someone said that to me the other day. She told me like, oh, I hate all men. Like Kristen, like never get married. You know, it's, I think it's a protection mechanism against the pain of feeling rejected. And so I think you're right. Instead, it's important to open the vulnerable and more painful conversations of, okay, what actually happened and where are the places that I actually crossed my boundaries or I was unable to be vulnerable and open my heart that in turn led to him closing down or right. It's always, it, it's a two way street and there's always something to learn. So I really appreciate that you said that. And um, okay. With all of that said, let us know where we can find you, how we can work with you, how we can hear more from you. All the things. Check check me out on Facebook, Kian Loggy, which I know you'll put the spelling in there. Yeah. And uh, Instagram, Kian Loggy. So I'm not incredibly active, but I got some stuff on there. <laughs> Great. Yeah, we'll put the links in the show notes. And if you can't already tell from this episode, Kian is absolutely incredible. He has changed my life a million times over. I'm so 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 grateful for you, Kian. So if this episode spoke to you at all 
definitely go check him out. He has some really, really amazing Facebook posts that I think you're going to love. Controversial. <laughs> controversial. <I> love <laughs> amazing is a good word, but controversial. Amazingly controversial. Let's say that. Amazingly controversial, but also amazing. Thank yeah, you, you share some really important stuff that is also really edgy for a lot of people. And I think it's important to go out there and be unafraid of triggering people because that's how we grow and shift. So thank right. you. Thank you for being here, Kian. I appreciate you. My absolute pleasure.